Welcome to the Conversations About Light podcast, a King's Cross podcast illuminating our desire to engage in lighthearted conversations that are grounded in scripture. Our hope is that through these conversations, our community will be encouraged and grow in their curiosity about light. Right, welcome to another um, bonus episode of Conversations About Light. Um, my name is Caleb. I'm joined here with Mark and Josh today. Um, and we're going to dive straight into the bonus text today, which is Luke 17, verse 7 to 10. Will any one of you who has a servant plowing or keeping sheep say to him when he has come in from the field, Come at once and recline at the table? Will he not rather say to him, prepare supper for me and dress properly and serve me while I eat and drink and afterward you will eat and drink? Does he thank the servant because he did what was commanded? So you also, when you have done all that you were commanded, say, we are unworthy servants. We have done only what was our duty. Wow. Well, the text um, talks a lot about food. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you hungry <girl. laughs> I, I heard a big grumble just before coming from uh, my right hand side where Mark is uh, so he may be hungry but yeah what what are you noticing about how the Christian life is a life of service um, illuminated in this text yeah it's a it's again a punchy text from Jesus uh, if you think of those words just say it's only my, it's only my duty that's all I've done um, it's kind of seems a bit dry you know it seems a bit stark. But I think we we can un- unpack it a little a little bit. Um, one thing I would say is that duty is appropriate. You know, I think sometimes we have a, a sense in which, like, oh, we're going to do the things which make me feel good. I have good vibes, um, and I'll just do those things. And uh, we, we'll unpack it a little bit. But uh, duty is good uh, is something I'd like to say. Um, noticing it out of, or noticing that in the text, Jesus affirms duty. <laughs> How about you, Mark? Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm trying to get over my tummy grumbles. Mm-hmm. I think if we can, th- this text kind of turns service upside down. Jesus turns everything upside down. And I think uh, when we look at a text like this, it, it's the, the word unworthy is an important word here, I think. And I think if we meditate on that, what Jesus is not doing is lowering our status. Jesus is not saying to the apostles, <laughs> hey, I just want you to know uh, you're just my lackeys. And um, you should just be happy following me around. Even though that's true, Jesus just never speaks to people that way. He's so much more warm and inviting. But the word unworthy is um, key there. And I think it it speaks into kind of an unmerited privilege of being able to serve a great master. And if any of us had the privilege of serving our idol, none of us would be grumbling or complaining about, you know, I, get, I got to serve so-and-so a meal. So-and-so came over to my house, you know, whatever, whoever my idol is, came over to my house and I got to feed them and afterwards they left and I'm just going to grumble about it, you know. It's like, no, what an unworthy uh, privilege to be able to serve a great one and, and Jesus is kind of, I think, I, I love that you've said this duty thing, but I think it turns even duty upside down where it's like, yeah. Hey, I don't need a reward for this. I don't need any glory for this. I don't need to be recognized for this. Yeah. How did how did I get the privilege of serving a great one? Yeah. Um I'm 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 not worthy of it. I've done nothing for it. 
It's just fallen into my lap and I get to serve him. And so the, I think that's the unworthy word. There's a key word that if, if our hearts can grip that, it speaks to the privilege that we have um, to, to be of use to the Lord um, in our daily lives. Yeah. I love that picture of, of increase of status of the one you're serving. So uh, I think we we're talking before about like if, if you were a servant in my house, well, that would be super disappointing. <laughs> And you'd get, you'd you'd be you know you wouldn't be joyful at all. But if you were serving um, the leader of our of our state or province, that you may feel uh, oh wow that that's a bit of a privilege. But if you were serving the prime minister or whatever status you might go up to, your your kind of yeah. uh, joy increases and your kind of privilege increases. And now, how much more uh, when you get to serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Uh, you know your your status and joy goes. Yeah. Through the roof, and I think that's kind of the uh, the privilege. And it's like, well, I'm only I'm only getting. I just get to serve here. Well, are you kidding me? Um, yeah. How how great is this? You want me to go back to Josh's house and sit there? Are you crazy? That that would be terrible. You know? <laughs> um, so I like that picture. Of this the status of the person you serve has an effect on the duty and the service you give. And um, I would say that's definitely part of the picture here. Yeah, very good. It's almost like your reward is being able to serve that person yeah. who who's glorified who you hold in high high regard yeah mm. yeah and i think it's seeing service as a a grace from god when we think about unmerited or unworthy or unearned it's like what what have i got that's my own that i'm bringing to god or i'm using for god is it is it the air I breathe, which he gives me? Is it the body I use, which he gave me? Is it the skills and talents, which I use, which he gave me? Is it the opportunities, which he gave me? There's nothing. It's all by the grace of God that I have an opportunity to glorify him, serve him, do his will. That he even has a will for me to do is a remarkable privilege of grace. Mm. Yeah. That's good. Sort of following following along this uh, train of thought, um, I'd love you to unpack either Mark or Josh, unpack your thoughts on when you hear that Jesus says you are an unworthy servant. Um, I think like Mark's, Mark alluded to, it's, it's not a diminishing of status. And I think also the closer you draw to Jesus, the more you realize who you are. I think that surely must be part of it, thinking of, of Paul um, who kind of, gets to serve God and calls, uh, I think Mark was talking earlier before the podcast about Paul's journey and he can maybe speak about that. But the point is the more you serve God, the more you lean into him. Paul's also talking about how he desires to serve God. He's laboring with all of his energy, so he's serving. He's under the sense of duty, but it says, I press on to lay hold of Christ. So there's this kind of vision of Christ. And so the more he, the closer he gets to Christ, the the sense of the more he labors it seems he says i worked harder than all of you but not me the grace of god that was on me so it's like the higher his view of grace the more unworthy he in a sense he views himself as like oh wow i just i was ne- i'm not worthy of any of this but um at the same time his joy is just increasing because he's getting closer to christ and he in a sense he's working harder he's tr- says he's trained you know if i'm training it's for jesus mm. and so i think that's yeah that would be for me part of that unworthiness relates to how close I get to Jesus, strangely enough. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Wonderful. Mark? No, I, yeah, I love that. Um, there's that sense of those things go hand in hand, what you're saying, that if we're training in godliness, 
there has to be service attached to mm. it. But in our service, uh, we are trained for godliness. And this, in our service, we draw near to God. And um, I love that privilege. I, I, I would love to kind of show chronologically how Paul, maybe one of the, maybe the greatest intellect in the Christian faith, or the greatest, mm. one of the greatest, surely, explained his own journey accidentally for all of us. But Caleb, you had a great picture about the cross and understanding our delight. So I think, and I'd love you to share it, because I think the Christian life is something simple. It's not like there's new information we're going to discover tomorrow. It's not like we don't understand what the gospel is. A child can understand it. And yet, there is a growing understanding that changes us. And you had a great way of picturing that. Yeah, right. I think the way how we see the cross and our relationship and uh, proximity to um, where we are and where the cross is. So if you sort of think of it as a person who is far away from the cross, the cross seems very small and insignificant. But the closer you get each step you take, that cross becomes bigger and bigger and bigger until you're at the foot of the cross on your knees and you almost forget about yourself because... You just see the greatness of yeah. of that that cross um, and of yeah of who God is. Um, so that that's sort of the the picture I think you're um, alluding to is um, how we are in relation to to that cross. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is, um, I suppose, yeah. would be great to hear is that like Paul sort of his life, he seems to wrestle with that proximity. The closer he gets to the cross, the, there's this realisation of how he is an unworthy servant, but yeah. it's the focus isn't on him. So do you want to dive into that? Yeah, it, I think it's it's just wonderful to see. I remember sitting in a, a Mexican restaurant in Southern California. It was a dive of a restaurant, um, as every good Mexican restaurant is, um, cheap as and horribly dirty and the food was amazing <laughs> and we were sitting in this um, cubicle and a guy named Nick explained this and you know it was just over burritos and it has stuck with me since then but l- listen to the chronology in AD around in around AD 53 Paul writes this to the Corinthians he says I am the least of the apostles so that's not too bad I mean, if you're the least of the apostles, it's still, I mean, it's, it's, there's some humility. He's still but, an apostle. Yeah. yeah good one. <laughs> yeah. But, but he is the least. I'm the least of the apostles. He's probably the only one who thinks he is. Unworthy. There we go. Unworthy to be called an apostle. So there's nothing about him that makes him w- fit for it. Unworthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. I'm, I'm a sinner. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. So I'm the least of the apostles. I'm not worthy of it. I'm just a sinner. But because of God's grace, he made me an apostle, and, and, and his grace isn't in vain. I worked hard, harder than any of them. However, it wasn't even my work. It was God's grace working through me. Mm. Um, that's where he starts. Then 10 years later, Paul writes uh, to the Ephesians, I am the least of all God's people. I'm, I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of all God's people, this grace was given to me. Um, what, a, what an amazing, that's 10 years later. Now he's, he's kind of gone low, but he's going low because of his understanding of God's grace has increased. As you've said, he's got nearer the cross. He, the cross is getting bigger and bigger in his life. And then 
probably two or three years after this, very near Paul's death, uh, Paul writes, The grace of our Lord overflowed for me with with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the foremost. So I'm the biggest sinner. But I received mercy for this reason that in me as the foremost sinner, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. To the king of the ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. So at the end of Paul's life, he's realizing what made me, if I were, if there's any reason God picked me to serve him, it's because I'm, I was the least likely. I brought nothing to the table, yet his grace and mercy worked upon me so that Jesus Christ might be put on display and God might be glorified. What is Paul doing? He's kneeling at the cross. He's right there, and he's about to go and be with Jesus. Um, and all yeah. of us are on that journey. We're somewhere on it. And I guess the answer to where are you on that journey of nearing the cross <laughs> is how do you feel about uh, service? Yeah. Oh, crazy. I love the interaction between uh, duty and privilege and joy. So I think we are talking before that that progress, and sometimes we want to pit them against each other. Well, I either have duties or I have joy. And, and kind of Paul doesn't, frame it that way at all you know and and we can go well i, I either got a duty because i'm afraid of god and I, and I, and i have a big scary picture of him or i have joy because he's my homeboy and we just hang out and and neither of those pictures are right it's like there's this duty and delight can actually go uh, together and and do go together like i said the more privilege you feel the more that's how paul was the more privilege he felt the more uh joy or the more duty was normal i worked harder than all anyone i think also perhaps the uh actual experiencing of joy is a bit of a a thing that we as westerners particularly want all the time it's like Mm. i only do things when i feel great joy Mm. and i kind of separated from duty and i i I love how they just kind of are pitted together and sometimes the, the closer we come to god in a sense we learn to trust him like, oh, I'd, at first I might be like, oh, I don't want to do that. I don't like, I don't feel, it doesn't feel like. But slowly we go, oh, actually that's really great. That something's happening and kind of becomes a pretty, I, I get to do this. To eventually it's like, what, are you kidding? I'm experiencing God. Like mm. I am so excited to do this. So the duty moves to joy. And I think that gives us great courage when we sort of mature in that way to look at our other parts of our life and try to, and do the same. Like I can engage in duty because I know who God is. Like, mm. wow, I'm getting to serve Him, and kind of uh, can send us back into. Yeah, sorry, Caleb's just fixing my mic because I'm very bad at mic technique. But we can, yeah, the duty aspect and the delight are not opposed to each other. Mm. In fact, we can engage easily with both of them. And sometimes we have to go back to duty because we we're kind of missing um, a joy in our life. You yeah. Know? Yeah. What would you want us to leave thinking about in regards to this text? I'll just say quickly, Mark, and you can end with the question, but I think maybe the thing I started with is that duty isn't bad. You know, I think as Westerners we kind of get that, that sense straight away. But it's the right it's the right kind of duty. Who are you serving? Where's where are you where are you which the status of what you're serving will reflect that duty. And so I think thinking about um, one thing of the duty as a good thing, but thinking it as in the sense of 
I I get to do this with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Mm-hmm. That changes everything. And so kind of considering considering duty in a positive way, but because of your view of Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think there's this like magic. It turns everything upside down that when when you see when you can feel I'm I'm unworthy of serving the Lord. You know, don't don't pat me on my back, don't say well done Mark, don't say it's like are you in yeah. what sane person wouldn't take the opportunity to serve the King of Kings yeah. and Lord of Lords if they were given it? Who else would they rather serve in, in like mm. truth, you know? And it's not it's a privilege not to be hey well done Mark as opposed to um wow like you got that privilege. And I think the point is what's magic about it is that when we get that, that grace enables us to serve the Lord. Then, Josh said it earlier, then we want to practice that in other areas. If you want to conquer sin, if you want to defeat sin, find the grace to serve Jesus. Don't go directly to kind of trying to defeat the sin. Go directly to understanding the grace to walk with Jesus. And then you will go... Ah, oh, let's go and try that over here. Let's bring that grace into this area. And so grace enables us to say no to sin. So the question I'd leave you with is, in what ways can I serve God in my life? And do I see this as his grace to me? Thanks for joining us today. To learn more, head over to perthchurch.com.au where you can find sermon resources that dive deeper into these conversations. If you found this conversation helpful, we would love you to leave a review and share it with your family and friends.